persecution of our brothers and sisters in Laos can take various forms, not just jail time or physical violence. For instance, Brother Josh tells us about a school teacher who came to faith in Christ. This principal came down, had a meeting with him, you know, in the office and said, you have your choices here. You know, number one, you either renounce your faith, continue your job, and it's a good job. You just started. I mean, you're going to have a long career because he's a bright guy. He's a bright guy. Or number two, your salary won't be on time. You you know, you won't get a promotion. You know, you're going to be laughed at and eventually you might want to quit. Well, he didn't choose any of that and just quit altogether. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Brother Joshua. We're going to call him Josh the rest of the time. Josh is from Camus Christian Connection. And some of you who are longtime listeners to Voice of the Martyrs Radio will remember when we had Brother Sion on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Brother Sion is Josh's dad. So we'll, we'll talk about it. And if you heard that interview, you probably haven't forgotten it because Brother Sion is one enthusiastic guy. And when you listen to that, it's hard not to be excited about what God is doing. You'll hear some of that genetic kind of handed down to Josh today as well. Josh, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a real privilege. Thank you. So talk to me a little bit about the Camus, because okay. a lot of people here, the listening to Voice of the Martyrs Radio, maybe they've never heard exactly. of the Camus people group. Exactly. Tell me about them. Well, so the Camus are actually a people group, obviously ethnic group, and the majority of them are based in the country of Laos, which is obviously a com uh, communist country. And so the Camus has, has a very, very sad history, because they used to be kings and rulers of that land before the Lao came. And they were driven out, out of the kingdom for a thousand years as, as slaves. And so they're, they're considered the lowest of the lowest, you know, kind of like in India where there's a caste system. And so they're considered like that, just slaves. That's when the Lao see them, they're just slaves. They're just nobody in society. But yet they are the second largest people group in the country of Laos. They're the slaves in the culture, but yet God is doing some amazing things. Right. Well, in 1987, Statistically, 6,000 Christians were there when the communists, this severe persecution in 87. And now, 2019, almost 10% of the people group, which is close to 70,000, have been reached. Wow. <laughs> See, the lowest of the lowest despise, but yet God uses that. It's so biblical. How is that happening? Mm -hmm. How, how mm -hmm. are they hearing the gospel? How are they responding? Right, right. My dad, he's so passionate. <laughs> loves his people. Sometimes he loves them more than me, you know, when I think about it. <laughs> no, but God placed that in his heart because... You know, he, you know, and then he joined FUBC, Fires Broadcasting, which is a radio ministry. And so when the Camus heard, you see, they're like neglected. And so when they heard the radio, it felt special to them because it was in their language. Mm -hmm. And there's someone that cares and understands their culture, what they're going through. And so it's something new back in the day in 87. And so people were receptive to the gospel. And they would cross over into Thailand and just be trained in leadership, disciple, and other topics in context related to them and be encouraged and also meet my father who is on the air so you can follow up with the listeners hear their needs testimonies what they're going through and they're also encouraged the fellowship with other pastors that are going through them so 
And, you know, you talk about, it's really a cultural thing too, because like, hey, how's the rice season today? How's your air? You see, they can really relate to that. For me, I don't understand that. <laughs> so I go in to learn uh-huh. and I go in to be encouraged. I mean, I do, there's other things I manage, but but just to learn from them what they go through because their testimonies are just so, they're up there talking about getting kicked out the next day. I don't know. And I'm like, really? Like, you're, you're going to be gone from your house your whole life just for following Christ. <laughs> I would guess that if they get like a two-night pass, you start early in the morning, you go till late at night. They're traveling long ways. Next day, 6 a.m., Bible, breakfast, Bible, till 12, 12, Bible, take a shower, hurry up, eat, testimony, sing, praise, Bible. Bible. And then the next day, repeat that. And the next day, half the day. Because my dad does not want to waste time. Right. Because he sees it so precious. And so it really touches my heart to see that. Can you talk about some of the people that you're working with uh, who are enduring persecution and, and really in many cases, I think choosing persecution here, here's your choice. You can deny Christ and and come back to our way of life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or we're going to make your life miserable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they say, well, no, I'm following Christ. (laughs) You do your best to make me miserable, but I'm going to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Tell me some of their stories. Just recently, I got this email from one of our frontline worker, the VM supports, and he said this family, they had a baby. And in the Kamu culture, when something goes wrong physically healthy, you go to the witch doctor, the voodoo doctor, and you know he'll do his da, 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 whatever. You got to kill a pig, a cow, whatever, and you know they'll just milk money off you basically. And so him and his wife, the baby was really sick, and so they killed pigs, killed this, this, and the baby died. Mm-hmm. And so they were they were like, what, we did all this stuff, and so they found a pastor. And the pastor prayed for them and this. And they just, he said, well, pray for a baby. They prayed for a baby. And the, and the lady got a baby. And they said, we believe in Jesus because this is a miracle. But then the family, the mother said, what are you doing? You got to stop this religion. But they said, no, we're Christians now. We, Jesus gave us this baby. He's so precious. Got kicked out of the house. That's because miracles, really. I mean, our culture is really miracles that they see that Jesus is real, especially with the baby. Now they live in this little small hut temporarily, don't know what to eat. And so we have to, you know, rise and try to get them going. It's stuff like that that's just really touching. Well, and what an amazing testimony, though. We we did everything the witch doctor said and our baby died. Exactly. We prayed to Jesus and now we have a baby and he's healthy exactly. and he's alive. Exactly. Because one of the main reasons why the Kamu come to Christ a lot, too, is because they're sick and tired of the witch doctor because they demand stuff. Because the devil uses that, right? They demand stuff. They, they, they link you with that. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You got to give this. Jesus doesn't ask for that. Jesus just asks you just to commit your life to him, admit you're a sinner. It's very simple. I mean, we uh-huh. think about it. And so Kamu are very simple people. I'm a complicated guy, so I'm being complicated sometimes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, Kamu is so simple because I look at that, it's like, wow, you know, like I'm so encouraged. Well, and it, uh, I'm reminded of the slavery. The, these, yes. they, they are enslaved in many ways to the Lao people or they're treated as slaves. Yes, yes. But they're also enslaved spiritually to the witch doctors yes. and, and to the oppression yes. of that yes. as well. Yes, So when you break free from that slavery— you can imagine the there's, joy there's, and the excitement and the desire. Man, I want to tell my family. I want to tell my right. village. I want to tell right. everyone I know because right. I'm free now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But once again, that comes with a cost. And so that's a cost that, that I'm so glad that really VOM has been behind the scenes in being the response to, to, to what they're facing. 
what does it mean to them? Let's say a pastor gets detained or whatever. Yep. He's at the police station and VOM helps in some way. Maybe it's, yep. you know, they help his family or maybe they send a lawyer to mm-hmm. talk to the police. What does that mean to him when he understands these Christians mm-hmm. in America that I've never mm-hmm. met mm-hmm. know about me and are mm-hmm. helping me? Mm-hmm. How, do, how does that, mm-hmm. how do they respond to that? One of the things that the ministry has been very fruitful is follow-up and caring. Because we can have our leaders or us, we love you, we care for you. But if we don't show it by action, it there's how really no... Is it? <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's how Camus is. Mm-hmm. Like, our guys would go follow-up, and if there's a persecution, our guys will be there. Because I always I made it priority to our frontline workers, especially guys that are, that are under me. I said, hey, if there's persecution, that's my priority. You know, because we want to show love to the family that Jesus does care for you. Even and knowing and that that your guys could get persecuted yes. going to the village to, yeah, to start asking exactly. questions about the Christians. Exactly, exactly. But by God's grace, you know, some of the provinces that have our leaders, they're now the vice rep for the or the representative for the official government. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we have connections there in one <laughs> sense. But they're very careful because they have to maneuver their position with right. us too. But, you know, even if you have that position, you're still under that, you know, communist rule, I'm just saying. <laughs> so do you really have the power or not? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. What does the discipleship process look like? Someone hears the radio broadcast, they come to Christ, they send you a letter. Mm-hmm. How do you keep training and mm-hmm. discipling mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. person? So that person, we always ask him, do you have a local church? Where is it? What village? And then we know where, who's mm-hmm. the, who's the responsible for that area? Because we do have a network in every area. It's like, you know, Tens of thousands of Christians, we have do have that. We have to keep that structure, right? The Exodus right. 18 model of leaders and representative and what's going on in the area. And and so w- when one individual accepts Christ, sometimes if that village has a Christian already, they know where to go, the local church. But there are some years where it's very isolated. And so we do have to depend for our leaders to go visit them. So just recently, we just had a Bible school student, VOM supplied, supplied a motorbike for him to go visit with, with funds to follow up. Because I said, this is very crucial. We take everybody, I and mean, there's only so much you can do. That's why we've had our uh, Bible school training program mm-hmm. that we're trying to find young men and women who are committed to going back to the local community to serve their people. And talk to me about the Bible school. What what does that program look like? Well, it's a four year training. Actually, 1989 when we started, we you know Thailand was more free. Uh, well, I mean, in terms of visa wise, more easy access. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've had about 60, 70 students come from Laos since 1989 until now graduate from Thailand. But around 2010, our leaders were saying we should start a Bible school inside, underground, to train more. Which is completely illegal. Exactly. <laughs> but that was their, yeah. So we were like, right. is it safe? Is it it's this? important. Yeah, it's important because we wanted more legal, leaders to start Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we came to the OM with the idea. And, they were 100% for it. Till today, we have it. Now we're going to have nine students come in in Chiang Mai, Thailand there, you know, that are going to study the Bible for one month. And so, yeah, we try to keep up with, you know, this average is important, mm-hmm. multiplying the next generation. How do the young people, how are they responding? The young people in the mm-hmm, church mm-hmm, who maybe question some of the old ways or, or question mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. young people yeah. do, how are they responding to so, the gospel? The past 10 years, my dad has really laid the foundation on the program and our staff about how education is very important. And so the new generation are very bright now. If you meet them, they're just smart. You don't think they're Camus and they're just educated. They want a better future. They don't want to be like the parents, you know, because 
that back in my dad's generation, it, it was always, they're so poor they can't read, but as long as you accept Christ, you know, there's internal salvation there. But the new generation, education, because you can't survive in this world of education. Mm-hmm. And so when they see that, they believe that being a Christian, it can really empower them because God has a plan for them. doesn't matter your kamu. That's just, sure, so what? I mean, your kamu, you right. can do anything, really. I mean, that's just your ethnicity. You can't hide it. God gave that to you. So the new generation are responding in ways that are unbelievable because they're more educated and try to understand the Bible more. And they do want to be better in life. And do, they do understand about the biblical concept and understand deeply more about the Bible. One of the challenges is in a situation like that, maybe somebody comes out of Laos, they get educated in Thailand, and they don't go back. <laughs> how, how do you how do you get people that are so committed that they're willing to go back? <laughs> so it's amazing because a lot of the young people that come now, the past five years, are actually, how do you say, interviewed and screened by our leaders that started the Pioneer Ministry. And so one of the things that, that our leaders did was when we had inside seminars inside Laos, kind of like what Vion is supporting, they would take these students, you know, to go to the villages, to go to the areas, and practical work in worship. And some of these actually youth grew up in the church, in the youth. And so when they would see our leaders come in, they have much respect for them because they want to be like them, you know, and see the sacrifice. Because these leaders in our culture is very respectful. You know, this is the reverend, this is the pastor. So they see that and they like, oh, they want to serve our people because we're very serving the commu, serving the local community. And so they have that heart and passion. But I mean, hey, we understand some don't go back and serve and, and you know you can't have that to all but that but that's but we pick people who really have the heart to serve and now with much network and leadership we can see and screen and interview who's going to come because i mean it's time and money you know we right. want to be fruitful with god's resources and the people like vom supporting us you've talked a little bit about what vom does tell me a little more about how vom is is standing behind your work and encouraging and, and supporting what you're doing We've been in partnership with VOM for almost 20 years. And so in my personal life, I'm very grateful for VOM because I found my wife through VOM. <laughs> um, but not only that, when I came back- That is not a, a, a normal part of our <laughs> ministry, but it worked out that way yeah, for yeah. you. <laughs> um, but uh, in 2007, you know, it, they really supported me, got me a visa, and really understanding the work of VOM. And I started seeing the care they have for the persecuted church in two various forms and being the voice for us. Not only that, but understanding the needs of us. Because, you know, some organizations, this is what, this is our, you yeah. do. We, this is our menu and right. you pick what you right. want. Right, right. But this is, this wasn't, it's just like, well, we need this, this is this. What does VOM think? Oh, uh, and it, it was a very good partnership, especially with the right person on the ground with us. Mm-hmm. So VOM has really not only that, but, you know, through all the person cases, there have been responses. That's really encouraging. Because the groundwork of us has really been supported by VOM. That's what the fruit is seeing today. It's really VOM the past 20 years that's supporting the groundwork. As, but I would say, if you see the Air Force, you know, VOM is the, the ground force helping us with the ground soldiers to reach the gospel to the persecuted there. And I know one of the things that, that we supported recently was a conference specifically about yeah. persecution. Yes. Why is that so significant to the pastors <laughs> in Laos? So, you know, like I said, the Kamur are simple people. When they accept Christ, they just believe that this is God, this is real, these are some verses, it's true what they say. But with our leaders, we didn't understand the real theology behind it, you know, because there, there's a reason why there's persecution. There's, there's, there's a reward, there's this, this is why, the devil's work. So it was a whole in-depth, and it was for, it was for leaders of leaders, 
you know, to go back and teach this materials, you know, to go back to various villas to teach. So, you know, like I said, responsive to the persecution of, of an individual. And so it was so crucial to understand. So would most yeah. of the people attending that seminar have been through some form of persecution? Oh, yeah. By the time they got there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think we had a session and somebody, you know, you know, how many have been persecution? Like half of them, more than half. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> arrested, interrogated, you know, uh, threatened, you know, been in prison, you know. So they, they understand, but they're just like, they're just normal. It's like, yeah, right. it happens. <laughs> but they hadn't necessarily studied the theology right. of it. Yes. So yes. what did they take out of that? So- Two things, really, that were very, very powerful that they took out of it that came to me, the feedback, was understand that persecution is a spiritual battle. Because when you read Acts, you know, when Saul, when you saw the light, when Jesus said, you know, why are you persecuting me? It wasn't them or this place. It's like me, Jesus. And so that concept resonated toward them that, that we talk about the devil, that he hates the works of Jesus and hates people who commit to him. And he manipulates the hearts of those that persecute him because we learned about the forms of persecution because we always think it's verbal, physical, but really behind the scenes, there's a ruler out there that does not like this stuff. So we were, they were challenged to pray for those that persecute them. Mm. And that was challenging because it's really the devil behind the scenes. And they try to grasp that concept. Yeah, it was, it was very it, tough. In, in many ways, that's what makes it possible to pray for the person mm. because you're not persecuting me. So I don't have the right to be mm -hmm. angry or mm -hmm. hate mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. You're persecuting Jesus. Right. It's not personal against me, so I can still love you and I can still <laughs> yeah, pray I, I, for you. I mean, it was difficult at first, but then oh, we, yeah. we started going deeper. I can't go on to it. So you, so you think about persecution is just, sometimes it's just that it could be yearly, short, but, but God uses things in, I don't want to sound cliche, but in mysterious ways, oh. right? Yeah. He really uses that. Or like Bunchan, as you know, you know, that, that former communist criminal. Bunchan, who yeah. was one of our IDOP videos, International Day of Prayer videos, yep. maybe five, six years yeah. ago. Yeah. Like in prison, 13 years close to you. But then 500 people accepted Christ and the new generation sprung from that church. I mean, from his sacrifice in prison. It, 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 just, it just works that way. I, I've, I've seen it, you know, firsthand in the ministry as I was growing up as a kid, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm, I'll confess, you know, I, I was down here because, you know, I, I was young, you know, you know anything. And, and my dad just had that commitment to the people. And today I see that fruit bearing, you know. We're talking today on Voices of Martyrs Radio with Josh. He is from Kamu Christian Connection. Josh, you mentioned Pastor P. Let's let's talk yeah. about his story a little bit. And and again, the choice that he made. This is inspiring to me. He had a choice to make, and he chose the hard path. But but tell us a little bit about his life and how he came mm -hmm. to faith. So Pastor P. Uh, Got high grades in high school, you know, and, and wanted to be a school teacher. And, you know, in, in, in Laos, in, in the communist, being a school teacher is a respectable job. It's not easy to get into also because, you know, eventually you could get good pay, good pension, become in the communist party even, you know, and go up in life. But then he, in his village, there, there was already a church. There was already some sort of solid foundation of Christianity in, in that village already. And so the pastor evangelized him and he accepted Christ. Just, Okay. But as a school teacher, that's risky. That's really dangerous. <laughs> that's really dangerous. Just being a, because when you apply for government jobs, they see you're a Christian. You're out. You're out. You don't even get an interview. Right. Or, <laughs> you're or, or you renounce your faith, really. And so at that time, you know, he was so excited. Holy Spirit filled him. He started evangelizing to the students, right? His students. So, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Again, some, I, you know, but I'm I'm free now. Right. I want to tell everyone. He wanted to tell his students. Right. But right. that's obviously going to create problems. Yeah. Yeah. So some were interested. 
some were scared, some accepted Christ, and some went to the principal to tell the principal. This principal came down, had a meeting with him, you know, in the office, and said, you have your choices here. You know, number one, you either renounce your faith, continue your job, and it's a good job. You just started. I mean, you're going to have a long career. Because he's a bright guy. He's a bright guy. Mm-hmm. Or number two, we'll bleed you. You know, like either like bleed you to, to, to quit. Either you, your salary won't be on time. You'll, you know, you won't get a promotion. You know, you're going to be laughed at. And eventually you might want to quit. Well, he didn't choose any of that and just quit altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Had the passion, went to Chiang Mai Thailand, studied about for four years. And he met his wife there because his wife was a student also at Bible school with us. And now... Eight years later, pastor at a vibrant house church, 150, and just last year, right, January to December, 78 people to Christ that he led, because we had this city outreach in the city of the capital city of Vientiane. Wow! And see, God, <laughs> it's just amazing what what that choice he took to 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 today. <laughs> I I just think of how tempting it would have been to uh, sort of negotiate with God. You know, I can be a teacher and I'll just keep, I'll keep my mouth shut at school so I can keep my good job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm going to, you know, God, this is how you're going to provide for me. I'm going to have this good job. And then I can do some stuff on the side, but Mm. I'll kind of keep it down low. And, but he's like, nope, I'm quit my job. I'm doing this. And I was really young. I mean, when I was 22, I was like, "Eh, how am I going to survive? You know, I don't pay bills here. (laughs) (laughs) I've got mouths to feed. Exactly, exactly. That's the boldness that I think really inspires me is just that, no, I choose Jesus. And I don't care what you're going to do to me. I don't care how much it's going to cost me. I don't care if I lose my job. I choose Jesus. Jesus saved me and I'm going to follow him. That kind of faith, I think, is something that can be really inspiring to all of us who are followers of Jesus. Yeah. We're talking today on Voice of Martyrs Radio with Josh from Camus Christian Connection. Josh, we always finish up helping our listeners to pray. Um, So I want you to help us to pray first for the country of Laos as a whole, but then especially for the Camus people. Laos just released a new law called, I think, the 315, which limits the gathering of religious activity. So it's not only Christians, but it's kind of aimed toward Christians that there can be no gatherings of religious activities if you don't get a signature from the head of the village or authorities, which, I mean, come So on. every house church is now illegal. Yeah, technically. Unless they got right. the signature. Right, so, so, so that, that's, that's the basic gist of it. I still have to go back and read that law, but the people are complaining and there's been seminars, but that's something that, that the law really limits the follow-up and evangelism, because when you come to there, the authorities will ask you, like our leaders, what are you, what are you, what are you doing here on weekdays? <laughs> but our leaders are pretty Do you smart. Have permission to be here? Exactly. We signed exactly. off on this. Exactly. Yep. But like we have inside seminars inside Laos that we own supports, and so our leaders said, more crafty, they would go on weekends, because on weekends is when there's Christian activities. So they would, in a sense, still assimilate our leaders with the Christian activities that there's a guest here, this is a Christian activity. And so they try to maneuver these things or they have cousins or families or, they, or they're going to go buy rice in one village or they're going to have, you know, sell their cows. So we try to do crafty with these things mm-hmm. to bypass the law. So this law is, is really causing a lot of problems. So, so pray for this law to somehow somehow be defeated somehow be defeated exactly do that exactly and as a whole and not only that there's still many that haven't heard about jesus in laos you know i read somewhere there's almost 160 people groups there and almost 59 unreached people groups that have never heard jesus 
So it's not only the kamu, but to praise for the kamu, not only that, seven out of ten Christians in Laos are kamu. They are the gateway people group. Like I met OMF mm-hmm. directors have told me this. They are the gateway, and many, many people groups are going to the kamu, like the Hmong, you know, the bright, the oi in the south. So pray that the kamu will be the light and continue to be the light for other people groups. Josh, thanks for sharing with us. And your dad's passion has obviously filtered down <laughs> to you. We've been talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Josh. He is from Kamu Christian Connection. As I mentioned earlier, his dad, Brother Sion, has also been a guest here on VOM Radio. If you go to vomradio.net and just search for the word Laos, you will come up with that interview with Brother Sion. You'll also come up with this interview with Josh. If you want to listen to it again or if you missed part of it, join us again next week as we continue to talk about what God is doing around the world right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.